Welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to empower the next generation of leaders through intentional mentorship. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Michelle Wyatt. Now, before we get into this episode, there's a few things that I need you to do. I need you to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you listen and make sure to follow us on social media. This way you can stay up to date on fresh content and brand new episodes. Michelle Wyatt pastors alongside her husband in Paseo, Oklahoma. She is a proud mom of two awesome young ladies and is the office manager for an interior designer. You are going to glean a lot from her in this episode. So let's dive right in. Hello, Oklahoma Next Gen. This is Michelle Wyatt coming to you live from Oklahoma City. It's a beautiful sunny day here in May. Uh, Ready for summer, ready for quarantine to be over. (laughs) I'm looking forward to spending this time with you today um, on this Next Gen Leaders podcast. Um, I do want to give a shout out to uh, an amazing team uh, that we are with for Next Gen. Brother and Sister Hughes, Brother and Sister Borders. Brother and Sister Longstreth, Brother and Sister Sharp, and Brother and Sister Cheek. Uh, folks, I want you to know they are an amazing uh, team, amazing couples, amazing men and women of God, and it is just an absolute honor to work side by side with them. As we start today, I thought I would start off by telling you a story. Probably many of you have heard the story. Uh, you might at least recognize the song. It's a story about a man who wrote one of the most beautiful songs that we still sing to this day. His name was Horatio Spafford. He was a very successful lawyer, businessman, and father of five. He and his wife, Anna, they were no strangers to sadness and tragedy. They had lost their only son to pneumonia in 1871, and in that exact same year, um, they lost much of their business in the Great Chicago Fire. Yet God, in all his mercy and kindness, allowed the business to flourish once more. It was decided a few years later that the family needed a much-needed vacation, so they decided to set uh, their plans to go to Europe. At the very last moment, Horatio had unexpected business to attend to, so he sent his wife and four daughters ahead, knowing that he would meet them in a few days uh, as he would take the next ship out. However, on November 22nd, four days into the journey, the ship was struck by an English vessel and sank in approximately 12 minutes. 226 of the passengers perished, including Spafford's four daughters. Several days later, 81 survivors arrived in a large vessel, and they landed in Wells. Anna had survived. She wired a message to her husband that began, Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio booked a passage on the next available ship and left to join his grieving wife. With the ship about four days out, the captain called Horatio to his cabin, and he said, This is the place where your daughter's ship had sunk, and this is the place where they had died. It was at that place and at that time that Horatio penned the hymn, When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, Whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I tell you this story today because what we remember Horatio Spafford for is for his song, a song that didn't come from his abundance, 
a song that didn't really come from his joy. No doubt it was a song of sadness, but a song that that came when he felt like he wasn't enough. In life, we often feel like we are not enough. Our inadequacies, they tend to overwhelm us and overtake us. Not enough to save the world. Not enough to save yourself. Not enough to do anything truly meaningful or miraculous. Not smart enough. Not rich enough. Not famous enough. Not good enough. I mean, the list goes on. Just fill in the blank. I am not enough, blah, blah, blah. But the good news is Jesus isn't asking us to be enough because he is the one who is truly enough. I know we sing a song, he is more than enough. How many times have you sang that song and gone through the motion the whole time having a trial or turmoil in the back of your head and you're just singing it because it's what we do when we clap our hands? But is he truly enough? Yes, he's enough. We have got to realize that. He's just asking us to be willing to go in spite of our inadequacies. In John chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, it reads, There is a lad here with hath five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Think about that. But what are they among so many? He's referring to five barley loaves and two small fishes. What are they? There's thousands here. And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number of about 5,000. Do you realize they only counted the men in this story? Let's just say, oh, there was one woman and one child with every man in the crowd. If that's the case, your crowd just multiplied to 15,000 plus. If you attended NAYC in 2015 here in Oklahoma City, the seating capacity of the Chesapeake Arena is somewhere around 18,000. Can you imagine the crowd? We're talking two fishes and five loaves. We often compare ourselves to people who have great results in ministry or in their lives, but we have to understand that they didn't have enough loaves and fishes to feed the crowd alone, but they gave Jesus what they had, and Jesus did it all. I know sometimes people will want to pray for a miracle or pray for just the absolute miraculous to take place in their life or maybe a healing in their body, and we all immediately think of that one person or that one minister. And I'm sure you can think of one now. Oh, if we just call brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so and and they pray for me, I know I'll get my healing. But you possess the same power. Why would a miracle have been different? Would the miracle have been different if the boy had 20 loaves and 50 fishes? What if he had a thousand loaves? The size of the boy's lunch did not really matter. Little is much when God is in it, right? We always say that. The miracle would have been the same no matter how many loaves or fishes the boy had in his lunch that day. I wasn't raised in a pastor's home, but a good godly home. We always attended church and attended pretty much any time the doors were open. I'm from Houston, I'm where Texas Bible College used to be. I met my husband while he was attending there. I'd showed up for a singspiration and was introduced. Didn't take too long. We fell in love. Six months later, we were engaged. It was while we were engaged that he broke the news to me that he was called to preach. Wow. Okay. Uh, I immediately felt all of my inadequacies. You see, I don't play the piano and I don't sing. I'm not the first person that you see on the platform. I don't direct the choir at our church. Um, I'm not a part of anything generally on the platform. I'm way more a behind-the-scenes person. That's why doing this podcast can be, uh, mm, let's just say, out of my comfort zone. (laughs) 
But God has been so good to us both. We served as youth pastors under Brother O.R. Foss in Houston, which was my home church. And then in 2003, God moved us to Oklahoma uh, to be youth pastors in the Mustang uh, Church, pastored by Brother Randy Sholin. In 2009, we planted Paseo Apostolic Church, uh, which is in the Paseo District. It's a great district. It's a fun district now. However, go back to 2009. Um, the restaurants weren't there yet. It was a it was a kind of rough area. Uh, man, what a ride! <laughs> and by ride, I mean 125 miles an hour with no windows, doors, or even seatbelts. Uh, it was crazy. My inadequacies just kept coming to me. It was like all I could see, all I could think about. But God was more than enough. A lot of times I think of the Disney princess song, uh, The Whole New World. She had no idea what she was singing about, A Whole New World. I do. You see, I'd just always gone to church. Everything had been normal. But all of a sudden, we started this church plant, and we had witch doctors showing up, casting spells on us. One time we showed up to have a Satanist at our front door telling us that every night he had been chanting around our building. Oh, that, that'll make you comfortable. <laughs> or what about the time that there was a drunk shouting profanity during the middle of the church service? Not to mention the man who ran in the back door ran smack dag into me and said, Hey, I have a killing spirit, and I'm here to get rid of it. Oh, okay. I tell you what, if you'll just go right around the corner, there's a man up there preaching. He's my husband, but as soon as he's done, he will help you with that spirit. I had no idea what I'd signed up for, nor did I feel like I was even able, prepared, equipped, knowledgeable, fill in the blank. That was me. I think I had maybe half a fish head and maybe a hill of bread, but God took care of the rest. He really did. We have seen so many miracles, healings, deliverances over the last uh, 11 years. God has blown our minds. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, There was a lot of rough patches, I'll be honest. Uh, When we started the church, we had a a financial crisis in our first two years that really set us back. I look back now, and I know that God was in it all. He took care of it. And I don't really have time today to go into the details, but I will tell you that it was through those rough patches in that time, those what I would consider a really rough season in our life, God just He just stepped in and He took care of us. Uh, there was one Saturday morning I was home praying. My husband was on the ambulance. He was on a twenty-four hour shift. We were very low on food. We were very low on money. I began to pray. Uh, I'd sent the girls outside in the backyard and they were playing, and I just began to talk to God. It wasn't any super spiritual prayer. I was very tired and weary, and I knew that we had church the next day. But I said, God, I need five items. They're so simple. I need some bread, some cheese, some milk, some eggs, and some flour. That's all I'm asking for. It was approximately three hours later I received a phone call from a lady who did not even attend our church. She said, hey, are you going to be home in a little while? I'd like to stop by. I said, sure, we're home. I immediately put my game face on because, you know, all is well. She knocked on the door, and when I opened the door, she began to tell me this amazing story, and I just stared at her. I didn't know what else to do. This had never happened in my lifetime. I'd always heard about it from everyone else. You know, everybody has these great miracle stories, and here was ours, and I was just staring at her. As she began to tell me, she had the most shocked look on her face, and she said, I reached for the eggs. I was at the grocery store shopping, and I reached in to grab a carton of eggs, and I immediately saw your face. She said, I pulled my hand back and thought that was the weirdest thing. So she went to put her hand back on the egg carton, and there was my face again. So she went ahead and picked it up and put it in her carton, and she said, well, 
Maybe Michelle Wyatt needs a carton of eggs, so she picked up another one and put it in her basket. Well, as you can imagine, on all five items that I had asked the Lord for that very morning, that exact thing happened on every one of them. She saw my face. And she said, I I resisted calling you from the store because I just thought this is so weird. She's going to think this is the weirdest thing. But then she said it was like the Lord spoke to me and said, if if they need these five items, then they probably need groceries too. So as she began to walk, she told me to follow her to her car and we began to walk. And she opened up her trunk and there was probably, I don't know, three or $400 worth of groceries. And I just couldn't hold back the tears because there it was. There was my five items and more because he is a God of enough. I, I, to this day, I just, I can't say thank you enough. I can't explain to God. I can't explain to you today how much that meant and what God did in my life. I didn't feel worthy of it, but he took care of us. You see, we needed to go through this season because it was a faith building season for both of us. I didn't really understand what it really meant to trust the Lord and to lean on the Lord. Sure, I sang the songs and I believed it, but now here I was walking it. Because of our human nature, it makes us think we have enough loaves and fishes uh, to feed ourselves and ourselves only. But God gave us the gift during this very painful season so that we could learn that we don't have to do it all. We feel like we have we have to have enough to feed all 18,000 in the arena, but God only wants us to bring enough for one and he will do the rest. The problem is we feel since we cannot feed everyone, we don't give our five loaves and two fishes that could feed someone. Simply give what you have to God. Allow God to come in and do the miraculous. I mean, I want to just challenge you today. He did it for me and I'm nobody. He'll do it for you because that's who he is. When someone needs a healing or a miracle, we often direct them to someone who we feel has this great power or authority. Do you think the boy had enough faith to feed the multitude that day? No way. He only had enough faith to give it all to Jesus. He handed him his lunch and said, here. Ministry isn't about the size of the gift you bring to Jesus, but the size of the miracle Jesus does through you. Ministry isn't about what we can do for God. Ministry is what God does for others through you and I. I'm just like you. We are the boy with the lunch. And what made the boy with the lunch different than the others, the the other 4,999 men in the crowd, was his willingness to give his little to Jesus and let Jesus be responsible for doing something with it. The boy didn't do the miracle, but the miracle could not have happened without the boy. I didn't build a church in Oklahoma City. My husband didn't build a church in Oklahoma City. Jesus did. But he couldn't have done it without us. We were submissive and obedient. We were sent and we went. And God had a plan. Same goes for every church that has ever been planted in the world. Not our abilities, not our knowledge, not our superhuman ministry gifts and abilities, (laughs) or lack thereof in my case, just our insignificant daily bread. We gave him what we had to get us through the day, and Jesus did the miracle for the sake of others. Thank you for listening today, and I pray that you find the courage to give what you have, even when it doesn't feel like it's enough. I know God will bless you and reveal his glory in a special way to anyone who gives their all. I sure hope you enjoy this podcast. If you like what you hear on the Oklahoma Next Gen Podcast, share it on a social media and tell your friends about it. Thanks again for tuning in and may God richly bless you all.
Love you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode. In our next episode, we'll be hearing from Pastor Baron Longstreth. Make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe to this podcast, and please leave us a review wherever it is that you listen. This way we can reach more people with this awesome content.